0: aha aha Dedication. If anybody would like to retroactively dedicate the last Parsha in My Life class from the year 5779, that would be great. So we're standing a week before Rosh Hashanah, a little less, and it's a serious business. Rosh Hashanah is a very serious time. The time that, in general, every Rosh Hashanah is big. Every Rosh Hashanah is super big, um, if we would only have an appreciation how intense it is and how powerful we are in Rosh Hashanah, how serious it is, how much everything is up in the air and how much we play a role in deciding and determining everything we would put a lot more effort into Rosh Hashanah itself and into the preparation for Rosh Hashanah. It's amazing that God has shared with us His inner workings of the day that He sets. He sets the affairs of the world in every aspect and He allows us to do it with Him. And that's why Rosh Hashanah is such an amazing and amazing time. And that happens every year, in which everything about existence in the cosmos, in the greater reality, and in our own particular little worlds, it's all determined on Rosh Hashanah. So no matter what we do in terms of health, in terms of livelihood, in terms of uh, other aspects that we need in our lives, regarding our well-being, our physical well-being, um, everything. I mean, People are busy all day long trying to make themselves happier and more comfortable and having more. And if we were only realized that it really, really, really is not dependent on any of the work you're doing all year long, really, it's dependent on Rosh Hashanah. That's what it's really dependent on, then we would invest. serious amount of energy into making sure that Rosh Hashanah is like really, really deep deep and powerful Um, I think this year is very, very crucial and it needs to be brought to the attention of people that this year is extremely, extremely crucial it's a very, very big year the reason why it's a very big year, I'm sure there's Way more than what I'm gonna to say tonight, but just perhaps a little something. What makes this year such a super year is that we're entering into a new decade. We're finishing the years, the ten years that began in Tafshin I in five seven seven zero. And now we're concluding five seven seven nine and we're entering into the five seven five, seven, eights. And a time is divided by... There's different increments of time. There's the second, there is the minute, there is the hour. And we know that every hour is a different energy of God. It says the 12 hours of the day are are um, energized by different permutations of God's name. And so every every hour... Of night and day Is a different energy So a day is a new day It's a new combination Within the hours of the day as well And then every week A new energy flow flows on Shabbos Every month And Rosh Hashanah we know Is the beginning of the year It's it's a beginning, beginning of a unit of time A new unit of time Which is a whole year And the day of Rosh Hashanah Is the brain of the year So it has within it the energy of the entire year. And then it later just has to... It's like you're downloading a, 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 uh, a, a zip file. That's what it is. You're downloading a zip file. And then you open it up and within the zip file there's a bunch of little files. And that's every month. And then you open up the, the, the month file and then you'll have 30, 30, 30 days and within that is the seconds and the hours, you know, the hours and the seconds. When you, get a new, when, you get, when you come to a new decade, the decade is a unit of time. Ten years is a section of time. And there's a certain, certain oneness to a period of ten years. It's not just happens to be because ten is a complete number. So a ten-year period is a section of time, so it's a very significant Rosh Hashanah, more, ten times more important than a regular Rosh Hashanah. Because it includes within it ten years, and not only that, but it's when something includes many parts, its energy is not just ten times as much, but exponentially greater. Like we find with a minion, when you have ten Jews getting together, it's not just another Jew. Now you have ten. Ten give you the gives an extra energy that the Shekhinah is there. Ten years is very powerful so when we turn the page to a new decade this Rosh Hashanah is not just determining Tavshin Pei, the year 5780 in many ways this Rosh Hashanah is going to determine the next 10 years now okay, well we had that 10 years ago as well, Tafshin Ayin and we had that 10 years before that on Tavshin Samach right Close to the year 2000, and people were excited because we were was becoming the new the new millennium. But that's was a was a secular count, the Hebrew count. So it's it's true. Every 10 years, very very powerful. And if we take a look at at time, we also see that there is a change in things that are happened. You can see a period of 10 years has a certain. Leaves a certain mark on history. What happened during that ten-year period, that uh, that decade, a decade? But I think it's it's so much more this year. More than more than all the other seven decades, let's say, that we passed till now. A lot has happened in the last century. From the year 1940, when the Hebrew century began, the year Tavshin, 5700, 5700, the world began its final intense preparation for the Messianic era. Because we're right now we were, we were like coming into the century in which we were going to cross Friday midday on the cosmic clock. And when you go into this Friday afternoon and, 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 and over into the Friday noontime and then over into the Friday afternoon, that's when complete creation is supposed to reach its zenith. It's supposed to reach its climax and its completion, its full realization. Of what creation is all about. And that's the Messianic era, the coming of Mashiach. So when we look at 1940, it was at that time, number one, we started off with the most intense time in all of history, the Holocaust, Second World War, and all the horror that that brought should never, ever, 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 ever be repeated ever again. Um, and then after that, the very, very, very big aliyah of Jews to Eretz Yisrael and the rebuilding of the land of Israel as a preparation for Mashiach. That's imagine that. For thousands of years, Eretz Yisrael was desolate because we were not yet in the Friday zone. So there was no point of it being rebuilt. It it needed preparation. But Hashem already provided at that time that Eretz Yisrael should be rebuilt right after the Holocaust. The land started to prepare itself to welcome back the Jewish people. In that last decade, we saw the hand of Hashem in the miracles that He did for the Jewish people and the wars that Israel fought, which was unprecedented in history since the time of the prophets. The miracles that happened in the Six-Day War, the miracles that happened sadly with all the bloodshed in the Yom Kippur War, and the miracles that happened in forty-eight as well. The very existence of, the, of Eretz Yisrael as it is today amongst the billions of Arabs surrounding it that wanted to destroy it. All those miracles that happened, those are huge. Let's go a little deeper. The Jewish people began the return, the tshuva that was promised. That before Mashiach comes, the Jewish people will return to God. And Jews began returning to Yiddishkeit after a period of Jews moving in the other direction, going away from observance. Suddenly they started flocking by droves, hundreds of thousands of bali tshuva, of Jews returning to, their, to observance as was prophesied, and in the end of days, Yidden are going to do tshuva. And that's going to bring, herald in the giyullah, Mashiach. We find that Judaism reached the four corners of the earth, the globe, never in history of the world did we have Jews everywhere in the globe. And everywhere across the world we have Torah centers. And that has to do with the final preparations for Mashiach, in which mitzvah needs to be done everywhere so that we can sublimate and elevate all of creation. As the Talmud says to us, that in the future when Mashiach will come, the entire globe will be Eretz Yisrael. So there has to be the holiness of Israel and the holiness of the Jewish people needs to spread across the whole world. So it was during this time that the Lubavitcher Rebbe was intensifying his campaign to bring Moshiach and other Gedele Yisrael as well. The Rebbe went full charge running ahead of the Jewish people Papering, papering, preparing for the giyullah, trying to reach every Jew that there shouldn't be even one Jew that should be chas v'shalem, Every Jew needs to do a mitzvah. Every Jew should be chust to one time put on tefillin, to one time light Shabbos candles, to one time hear the shofar, to one time participate in a menorah lighting. Reaching every Jew, because every Jew needs to be prepared for the giyullah. We merited also tremendous secrets of the Torah that was revealed. This is all powerful, powerful stuff. And then we were even told, as I mentioned the other week, a prophecy. The Rebbe said he's saying a prophecy that the time of the redemption has arrived. The Giyaz Mangul Ascham, 1990. So all this has been going on. It was a very, very tense 70 years, if you can say. A very intense 80 years since 1940, an intense 80-year period. What's the Chiddush that's very, 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 very unique now is that within the century, which is probably the most intense century of all of history, we also saw, by the way, in terms of outside of the Jewish world, the explosion of science, the explosion of technology, the world leaping, making the greatest leap in invention. And uh, I once, not in this class, but we've once done it, and I mean, I didn't do it now, but I, in earlier classes, in the Mashiach Decoded classes, I've shown you a graph of the how the world in the last hundred years has dramatically, dramatically become so much like what the Rambam says the world will be like after Mashiach comes, in terms of the elimination of poverty, um, better the improvement of life. We discussed that. There was a class called that I did a few weeks ago on a Sunday called Opening Our Eyes. Over there we discussed it. It's worth listening to. In any case, there is so much indicating that we have reached our destination we have reached our destination what is so unique then now is that we are entering into the year which is the most conducive for the revelation of Hashem within the last century we're entering into the time of revelation. We're entering in the transitioning from the natural to the supernatural. And this shouldn't be taken lightly. It's a very, very intense time. When we went out of Egypt, we went out in the year 2448. Eight is crucial. The number eight is the number that facilitates transcendental energy. Infinite energy. That's the number eight. Seven, as we discussed many times, is indicative of perfection in nature. The world and its perfection. Like we have seven days of the week. The seventh day is the perfection of time. It's Shabbos, the holiest day. In the seven directions, six directions, the the center, the inner point, the middle Number seven. Everything else is made up of seven. Seven colors, seven continents, 70 nations, seven heavens, seven seas. Everything is seven. Because seven is nature. Number eight represents that which is beyond nature. So when the year, when Hashem chose the year to take the Jewish people out of Mitzrayim, it was number 8 in the single digits. It was number 8. 2448. When we went out of Egypt, all the the revelation of God, the great revelation of Hashem happened in the year 2448. And then further in the year, further in the year, we received the Torah. And then, actually that happened already the following year. In the year two four four nine. But there as well it emphasizes the number eight. It says in the Pasuk that for seven days Hashem instructed them to put up the tabernacle, the Mishkan, and they kept on putting it up and disassembling it, disassembling it, assembling and disassembling it, on and off and on and off. And finally, the Pasuk describes Vahiba Yaimashmi, it was on the eighth day. And that's when the Shekhinah came down, the Enei Kol Yisrael, God finally came down to reside. After all the work they did in the seven days, it didn't happen during the seven days, it happened on the eighth day. The reason it happened on number eight, the reason it happened on number eight, because number eight, as I mentioned earlier, so says the Kliyakar, is the vessel, is the container, is the channel, is the channel, the container, the vessel to receive, to receive the supernatural, the transcendental. So that was, and that's why we also find that when Moshe Rabbeinu sang um, Shira for the splitting of the sea, he opened up his, his song with the word uz. Uz Yashir then Moshe sang. And the sages say that all that az, very special word, the, the, the word az is very special because all the kilos, all the praise of Moshe. Moshe is the first redeemer, is all with the word uz. Because initially Moshe Rabbeinu says, May basi el paro. From when I came to Paro. He uses the word uz. Now, what is the word Uz? The word Uz has an Aleph and it has a Zion. Aleph and a Zion is number eight. Not only does it have an Aleph and a Zion, but the Aleph is on top of the Zion. That means the eighth dimension as it's impacting the seven dimensions. The one, the oneness of God as it's permeating all seven, seven aspects of creation. That's the number Oz. So now we find ourselves, we completed seven. Now again, you can find eight many times. But what gave me shudders today when I thought about it, is that everything that happened in the last 70 years, as the world preparing for the Giyula, for Mashiach, was still within the limitations of the natural. It all was within within teva, because it was it was seven decades, the seven decades within this important century. We're leaving it, and I, I, I discussed this in earlier classes. How much the Rebbe, the Lubavitcher Rebbe, spoke, and he said that the final tikkun that the world needs to do. To papir for Mashiach is related to fixing the 70 nations, the 7 continents, number 7, which is the world. And the Rebbe said, that's why the headquarters to fix the entire world, the Rebbe then said, is 770. The Rebbe said, there's big significance to that. Because that's where the final work gets done to bring a tikkun and a rectification across the globe to bring the Jewish people into teshuva, to lift up the last sparks of holiness that might still need to be lifted. In the last decade, we completed the decade of 770. Geula is not related to 770. Geula is related already to post-770. 770 is the Shlemos fixing the work in galus. Preparing for number eight. Number eight is the Hizgalos that's beyond time and space. That's Mashiach. Mashiach also, the last letter in the word Mashiach is a chess, related to the number eight. The Gemara also says that there are seven royim, there are seven shepherd souls that the Jewish people have, and then there are eight nesichim, eight princes. And uh, in in the Nakutti Torah, the Alter Rebbe explains what's the difference between the seven shepherds, seven tzaddikim that are called the shepherds of the Jewish people, and the eight Nesiche Adam, the seven, just the eight noblemen. He says it has to do with the how different tzaddikim, the art tzaddikim that are the shepherds. They're the ones who give us the indwelling light of God, the light of God that is not transcendental the light of God that is imminent within creation. They feed it to us. They channel it to us. That's why they're related to number seven. And the eight are the tzaddikim that are giving us Wi-Fi from the eighth dimension. They're the antenna for the, to capture the energy from the eighth dimension. One of those eight princes, the Gemara says, is Moshiach, perhaps the greatest of them. 'Cause Mashiach is the one that brings down the transcendental light and the transcendental revelation, God Himself, into the world. Now, the the question is, are we on target? Am I right? Is the is the is the seven okay, maybe it's gonna be next century, in a hundred years from now. Chas fashion. Maybe it can be in tough, tough pay. Let the eights come in later. Who says, oh, it has to be now? I know you're screaming, Chas for Sholem. It cannot be in a hundred years, because no one can tolerate that. It's, not even, it's unthinkable. But let's, let's take a look. Did the world complete its tikkun in the 770s? Well, we're seeing some really, really, really intense things happening in the last ten years that are indicative that the geula is knocking on the door. The, 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 just the right. idea that Yerushalayim has been now recognized as the capital of, of Israel by the very nation that destroyed the temple, not physically, the United States of America didn't destroy the on Amigdash, but they're the spiritual inheritors of Rome, and the continuation of the Christian West, of Esau, and the fact that they recognized the land of Israel. And again, it's irrelevant what, where, and when, on which political side you are in terms of the... That's, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about if something gets done from the Oval Office, it means it was stimulated by the tsar, by the ministering angel above. The fact that the ministering angel above could not concede to, find, to make it happen until just two years ago. It's, this is the end, the second half of the 770 decade. This is an indication. I think that's the that was like the biggest. You know, we're having two, two, two days from now. We're having sholom Mordechai Rubashkin address the Los Angeles community. In in uh, and everybody remembers the, the the big miracle that happened, and 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 that was so messianic. That was so messianic. I, I've never seen such spontaneous joy across the board of the Jewish people. Such a joy and such a unity and such an Achtus and everybody and people came up over here to dance and guys told me people the last people I would think of, like real Litzvish people. non you know, and they said, Well, if this happened, I believe in Mashiach. Like it was a it was a Mashiach moment. People can sense the geulah we can sense Mashiach, we can sense the tension that's happening now with Iran is one of the indications of the of, of the redemption. So, there is so much there, so much there. Um, in Tanya, in the beginning of Tanya, it's, there, is, there, is, um, there, is a, there is the uh, Haskama. There's your introduction, there's also the Haskama. Haskama means when rabbis give an endorsement for a book. You know, it was a custom by the Jewish people that anybody that prints a book, he gets endorsements from, big tzaddik, from other rabbis that endorse his book. So in Tanya, the Alter Rebbe, R. Zalman of Liadi, also when he was going to print his Sefer, looked for endorsements that he would get from certain tzaddikim that would give there. He only, he only picked two tzaddikim to get their endorsements. Two of his good friends. One of them was Reb Zusha of Anapoli. The other one was Rabbi Uda Leib HaKohen. These were two friends. Rabbi Uda Leib HaKohen made a sefer called Oyer HaGonuz. And Rebzusha Zusha of Anapali, the great, great students of the Maggid, his most famed brother, Rabbi Lamelech of Luzensk. These are the two founders, founding fathers of Hasidism across the world. So, Rabzusha, when he gave his endorsement, his askama to the Alter Rebbe's book, he the year that he gave that endorsement was in seventeen ninety six. Tough in the Hebrew, it's Tov Kuf Nun Vav. Five 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 six. The year fifty five fifty six. When he writes that year, so his friend. Reb Yehuda Leib writes that this was given on the third day of Parshas Kisavu on Tuesday of the week Kisavu. Kisavu was last Shabbos. Um, which year? Tav Kuf Nun Vav. Five, 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 six. His friend Reb Zusha, when he writes, he writes a word that's Gematria Tafshin Shin Nun Vav. What's the word that's Gematria Tafshin Shin Nun Vav? He uses the word Shnas. Pidusenu, the year of our redemption. Shnas Pidusenu. Pidusenu means to be freed, the year of our freedom, the year of our redemption. The Gematria of the word Pidusenu is Gematria 5556. Five, That's it. Or 5, uh, not 5556, five, just 556 five, is Gematria Pidusenu. So that's, he's, he was indicating the year, but why does he have to write a Gematria? So the previous labavitcher Rebbe, Rabbi Yosef Yitzchak, the Rebbe of the Riyats, the sixth Rebbe, writes that because Reb Zusha said, when he, when he saw the Tanya for the first time, he got very excited. And he said, with this book of Tanya, the Jewish people will go out to greet Mashiach and when the Jews will go out to be Makabul pene Moshiach they will go out with the Tanya. So, therefore, the Friedrich Rebbe says to hint to that that the Jewish that the Tanya will lead the way to be a Sam Moshiach. Reb Zusha wrote the year Shnas Pidusenu, which is the year of the redemption. Tzadikim, they have very very far vision. When they write things. It, it, they see things very clearly, but they can see things hundreds of years ahead of time. The Rebbe, the Lubavitcher Rebbe, had the custom in the, I don't know exactly which year it started, definitely in the Mems, maybe it even started in Tufshin Membeis, I think, where the Rebbe coined the year, T Nas, Membez bias Moshiach. Let it be the year of the coming of Moshiach. And then in Tafshin Mem Gimel, the Rebbe named, every year the Rebbe would give a name. And in Tofshin. Oh, so what's the acronym for Tafshin Pei? What is the what is it what does it stand for? So Rebzusha already told us. Tieshnas Pidu senu. Let it be the year of our padiyah, of our final redemption. Everything is ready. We definitely don't have to wait for the end of the pays, but one thing is for sure. The world is not going to have chas v'shalom more than another ten years in exile. That's impossible. That's just not shayach just by examining the chaos, the craziness where things are at, and they're just going to get crazier and crazier without the Eberster's help. The Giyula must come. As we stand, (laughs) Erev Rosh Hashanah Shnas Pidu that Reb Zusha already told us, even though, again, he's not, Begashmi is referring to this year. On the simplest of levels, he wrote the year that he signed this endorsement. Which is the year five five, which is two hundred years ago, tav kuf nun vav, more than two hundred years ago, two hundred and twenty something years. But the fact that he he wrote it piduseno, which is the pay, is another indication. We're holding by Tafshin shin shnas nas piduseno. This is not just another one. And I remember, if I spoke a few years ago about the significance of the year Tovshin I and Hay, that the Alter Rebbe said that that would be the year—not specifically in that year—he's speaking about an earlier year. But I made the connection there, which I'm not going to redo now over here. Which was five seven seven five. We spoke that that's when the Shekhina would go out of exile. It doesn't say the Geulah would be here, but the Shekhina goes out of exile. We see in many, many, many ways that from the year five seven seven five, the Gola started to break very very seriously and in many ways the Jewish people Eretz Yisrael, the immense pressure that was being put world millions and millions of tons of pressure which was being put on Eretz Yisrael to chas shalom sign away half of their country to the arabs including half of jerusalem according including the kotel hamaravi but even worse than that including the temple mount whoever doesn't see and feel that this is the last war of the klepus fighting against holiness is blind not only blind but blind a blind person blindfolded that's how 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 it is that we don't we can't see it and in the last Things that don't make any sense. Things that don't make any sense that they should happen or they could happen. Happened in the United States of America. The shift. It's And it is crazy. I'm going to agree it's crazy. But if not for Hashem having a plan, and something specific that God wants to accomplish, in shattering and breaking... The, 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 the forces that are trying to impose and stop the Geulah, it wouldn't make any sense what is happening in the political field here in the United States of America. It's only for Yerushalayim. It's only for Eretz Yisrael. It's only to end the exile. That's its purpose. Or else it wouldn't be happening. So after all of that, and as we're standing now at a deciding year, At a pivotal moment of history, the most important moment I I, can—I'm feeling against my own feeling—that is the most important Rosh Hashanah ever. This is it. And the problem is, there's a lack of tzaddikim. We don't have the altar a blowing shofar. And deciding and and arguing with Remendel of Rimenov who's going to tilt the scale, whether Napoleon is going to win or the Russian Tsar is going to win the war, which is going to also decide the fate of Europe. So then, the tzaddikim who knew what's going on in heaven were able to like do what they did, and all the Jewish people were able to rely on these super powerful tzaddikim. We're living in a world where we need to guess. We were given enough signs. We were given enough signs that the time is now. So something dramatic needs to take place this Rosh Hashanah that's different than always. We can do our regular thing, have a nice Yom Tif meal, have a nice guest over, cut the apple, dip it in honey, say the Yeratso come to shul. Before that, Davin, Zukhain Ulhayim, ask Hashem that we should have a good year, should find a good shiddach, we should have healthy children, Hashem should give us life and give us parnasa, and everything should continue and continue, everything should be nice and wonderful. We can do that. And we will have a nice, wonderful, sweet year, and I'm sure the Abhishta will give everybody a brachadig a good year. And if that's what satisfies you, then okay. You don't have to listen to the rest of the year. Go home, enjoy yourself, Rosh Hashanah. Daven well for yourself and your family. Make sure to ask for good life, for good health, for you, for your children, for your loved ones, for your parents, for those that you daven for. We all daven for. And Hashem should give us a good year and ask for forgiveness and try to improve your life a little better like we're supposed to do every Rosh Hashanah. Make yourself more. And that's it. I can say that and give a very inspirational speech about doing that. And I would be very, 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 very happy, good rabbi for everybody, and everything would be great. But I'm not going to do that in the next 20 minutes. Because I'm sick and tired already of, of, an, of a nice good year. I'm saying it's good. Hashem should give us a good year. It should be a very nice good year. But even though there are some pretty good, cool, good, wonderful restaurants that opened up in Los Angeles that are nice and good and I can get a good pastrami burger and enjoy it. It's wonderful. And I do enjoy pastrami burgers. And Paprika, I just was there yesterday, had a very good pastrami burger. I'm giving a commercial for him, he'll be very happy when I tell him. It's good. I can, and I do it, I'm not a tzaddik. That's why I'm not the guy to tell you in the heavens what's going on. I don't have an ounce of that in me. But one thing I do is that I'm sick and tired of exile, and I know we're there, and I cannot bear the thought of chas us missing an opportunity. So the question now is going to be, what can I say? Thank God that some of my talks are getting out there to some people, and hopefully to more people, on YouTube and on different places. So I hope that I can make a small little difference and inspiring people to put their hearts and minds to to, to get it done, to get the job done. So what needs to be done? What more can we do? I mean the biggest tzaddikim in all the history tried to bring Mashiach and they didn't do it. What more can we do? The answer, I think, is a simple answer. They were working at a time, all the great tzaddikim, when they were trying to force Mashiach, they were working at a time when the time of the redemption was not here yet. And they were trying to speed things up to make it happen before the time. We were told clearly that the time of the redemption has passed already. We are now playing in overtime. The game should have been over a couple of hours ago. A couple of decades ago. There is no reason why we're still here. I'm not saying this on my own. I am leaning on the words of the Rebbe. The, the 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 geula should have been here already in the early 1990s. It started already then, when millions of Jews, more Jews that went out of Egypt, went out of the Soviet Union, were freed at least to leave. The geula started in 1990 when it came midday, when a gias mangul Something got stuck, and we need to unstuck it, and we need to do it. And the time is now. So what can we perhaps do? So I'm going to make a suggestion. And the suggestion is as follows. Um, there's a pasuk in Sefer Hoshea. Meshaya, Treyosar, one of the Navis. Perek, Gimel, Pasuk It says, After the Jewish people will return. And The Mepharshim say it means after the Jewish people will return to the land of Israel in the end of days. This is before Mashiach comes. There will be a return of the Jewish people to the land of Israel. This, this prophecy was fulfilled. Against all odds, this prophecy was fulfilled in the last seventy years. <speaking in Hebrew> they will seek out God. There's David Malcolm and David their king. The people will seek out Hashem, and they will seek out David their king. al <speaking in> Hashem, <Hebrew> they will fear God, the El and His goodness. Ba'achris hayamim, in the end of days. So let me share with you a little bit what the Mofor Hashem say on this. So Rashi says, Achrei achar yemei gola after the exile is over. Yashuvu b'nei Yisroel, Hashem, what does that mean? Tanna m'shem ben Yochai, you can look this up. It says in the name of Rebshimen ben Yochai, v'giml devarim mo'asu b'nei Yisroel, v'yemei In the days of Rechavam, the Jewish people rejected. Rechavam is the son of King Solomon. In the days of Rechavam, the son of King Solomon, there was a big breakaway against Shlomo, against the the descendant of Shlomo, the third generation of the Davidic kingdom, Rechavam. So the Jewish people rejected in those days God they rejected the kingdom of David, of David and Melech, and they rejected the Beis Hamigdash. It was a brand new Beis Hamigdash, and they were already bored. As it says in the Bedavid. we don't have a Chelek in King David. He taxed them, and they didn't like the tax hike. That's what happened. Rehavam. There must have been maybe some other reasons, whatever the story was, they, didn't, they weren't happy. And Rashi brings, okay. Omer Repshimen ben Manasseh. So this, is what, this, this was said about, this Reb Shimon ben Yochai. Okay, he said this. Comes another Repshimen. Repshimen ben Manasseh says, Ein, Maren, Simen, Toev, L'Yisrael, the Jewish people will not see a good sign. What's this good sign? We will not see the redemption. Acheiach, Siru, until we return, the Yavakshu Shu, we need to pray for all three. We need to seek out all three. That, that's what this pasach is talking about. After the Jewish people will return. Ubikshu They will return to God. They will seek out God. What does that mean? People will want to get close to Hashem. People will want to get, so it's predicting, that after Jews will come to Eretz Yisrael, as secular Jews, as a Zionistic movement divorced from religious observance, in a sense, using national nationalistic ideology and ideas to replace an observance of Torah and Mitzvahs, but yet, what's going to happen once they're there already? They'll, 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 maybe the land will wake them up, the holiness of Eretz Yisrael, and that's why in Eretz Yisrael you see so many, so many Jews returning. It's a prophecy. They will return. Not only in Eretz Israel, but huge in the diaspora as well. But that's Zumal They're going to return to the heavenly kingdom. But it says, Ves David Malcolm. They're going to return as well to King David, their king. Kimashmoi, like it says, it says openly in the Pasuk. It says that Victuous came, Ves David Malcolm. David. They'll fear God and his goodness on English. that's the base on English. that's the temple. Like it says, Ahara Toy this great mountain. So what do we see happening in Eretz Yisroel? Tshuva we saw. I brought to you a few a few days ago, last week, two weeks ago, when we learned Pasha Shovtim, I shared with you the Pirish of the Ramam, where the Ramam says that Hashem is going to in. Enlighten the hearts, bring in, in in the hearts of the Jewish people before Mashiach comes, and they will strongly yearn for godliness. We also find when we say tshuva, people returning to Hashem, we also find in addition to non-religious people becoming more religious, we also find within the religious world itself, people are looking for a more meaningful relationship with God. People are looking for chasidus. Thousands and thousands of people that till now were hesitant to hear the Baal Shem Tov, to hear the message of Elokus, of Ketlech They were satisfied with what we call external observance, which means you're observing the commandments, you're deeply religious, but not necessarily finding in your religiosity, your relationship with God. So now you're seeing a big movement with thousands across the world, thousands of people are turning to Hasidus. They're learning the Sfarim that were not touched for years. In all kinds of, from all yeshivas, people that were till now were like, oh no, Hasidism is whatever, is weird. And, 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 and now we're seeing it tremendously. Take a look at see many people are going to Uman. Because they're looking for something spiritual. They want to connect deeper. There's the thirst. There is also a quest for the Beis HaMikdash. In the last couple of years, you'll have people going up to the Temple Mount, not going to Paschke and HaLacha. Most Rabbanim say it's forbidden. But there are rabbis who gave a Psek HaLacha that under certain conditions, you're allowed to go onto the Temple Mount. And there are those who follow that HaLacha that they do go. Again, there's you have to go do a thorough mikvah. It's, it's, it's not a simple thing to go. You have to find out exactly how it's permitted and when. But people are going because there's a thirst to go on to the Beis HaMikdash. To go there. More than that, there is the Temple Institute in Jerusalem that has built already all the vessels and the garments. Everything is made. Everything is ready. There's one thing that needs to be done. The Jewish people have to seek out their king. The Melech. The Melech. And why is that so important? And why is that so crucial for Rosh Hashan? so let me just for a moment explain what's the relationship what's the idea of a king because the Mashiach era is going to be heralded in Dafka by a king and the pivotal element of it that this is related to Rosh Hashanah and what makes Manashtana Rosh Hashanah what's going to make this Rosh Hashanah different than every every Rosh Hashanah is if we can get the word out regarding this one mikudah, one point On Rosh Hashanah, we proclaim God as our King. The Gemara Masechet Rosh Hashanah says that Hashem says to the Jewish people, "Imru lefanai malchios, say before me verses of kingship." Shatam luchuni that you should make me your King. God says, "Proclaim me your King." What does it mean that God is our King? On the simplest of levels, we are His servants, and we're going to be obedient, and He's got a whole lot of instructions. A whole lot of commandments. 613 commandments in general, which translate into commandments and rules and regulations in every aspect of life. And that's what it means to live a Torah life according to Shulchan Aruch. We all know that we sometimes are a little lax. We're not exactly fully in compliance and to the, to the, to the fullest with Shulchan Aruch, with obedience. So every year Rosh we accept upon ourselves to be more devoted to being God's servant. and We accept upon ourselves Hashem as a king. And that's the idea. Now why do we do it on Rosh Hashanah? Because on Rosh Hashanah is the anniversary of creation, or the anniversary, the birthday of Adam HaRishon. Adam HaRishon is the first human being who is able to subject himself to God's kingship willfully. The angels in heaven have no choice, so God doesn't get any, any pleasure in their subjugation and their acceptance of his kingship because... Hashem is so overwhelmingly present in the spiritual world that angels really don't have much say in the matter. Animals don't have a mind and they can't really, they don't have an intelligence to be able to accept God. All the other three, three forms of life, animals, vegetation. So the only one in which Hashem's desire and dream to be a king and we be his subjects can be realized is through Adam. So when it comes the anniversary of Adam, and when Adam was created, what did Adam Arishon do? He proclaimed God as his king, and he bowed down for Hashem, and he called to the rest of the creation to bow down with him. He called out to all the animals, and all the angels, and all the creatures, and all beings, and all of existence, and he said, Let us go and bow down. At that moment, God had satisfaction from the creation for a split second. Right after that, things went haywire, and they started going down because Marishan did not was not able to real. He was tested, and he was not able to put his subservience to the test and, and prove that he that it that it's for real. And then Yetzirah entered entered completely into the heart of man, and we don't really have a full malchus of Hashem, and we struggle. Once we came to Harsinai, we received the Torah as a nation. God is now a king over the world. So kingship, that Hashem is the melech over the world, is pivotal. And that's the kavana that's the deepest inner core of creation. That's why God created the world. So on Rosh Hashanah, when things go back to pre-creation, and God is reconsidering existence for another year, we want to generate it by doing what? by giving God a good reason, giving Hashem a, a justification to, re, to create the world again. And what's, what does he get out of it? What's his, what's his prize? What Hashem gets out of it is that he's a king. But Hashem's kingship is incomplete. Shem's kingship, even when we do it really well, and we're all following the Shulchan arach, and we're all living the best we can, God's kingship is still incomplete. Why? Because it must, in order for it to be completely real, and absolute, in its full strength, it needs to have a physical station in this world. Only when it has a physical antenna in this world can it be felt very, 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 very intensely in the physical world and therefore bring about the true and complete submission to God. What do I mean by that? If I go to a place where there is very, very a very weak cellular signal, a very weak cellular signal. Let's say I have at and or I have T-Mobile, and I'm in a and I'm in a parking lot, or I'm driving between California and and between I'm sorry between Nevada and Utah. I know there's an area there I was traveling a couple of months ago, and you're going through this deep deep gorge, this deep canyon, and you're not getting any cellular uh, connection. So you can rely on a Wi-Fi, if there is a Wi-Fi. If there is no Wi-Fi signal, then uh, finished. So you can't, you can't, uh, you'll never have to concentrate on the road, right? Because you can't uh, do anything with your phone. Skatenist. Why? Because you don't have the signal. God, his kingship is abstract, as much as we human minds think about Hashem, Shavisi Hashem L'Negdi and he's still not seen and not felt in a very real, real tangible way. So there is a, a, a powerful, powerful antenna that captures the signal of God's kingship and is able to release that signal across the globe That humanity, that human beings should feel the reality, this is what it is, the reality of Hashem's kingship. And submit themselves deeply and thoroughly without forgetfulness to Hashem's kingship in day-to-day living, every day doing the right thing, even when we're lazy and tired and we don't feel like it and so on and so forth, but to be able to overcome all of that and do the godly thing is because we feel Hashem's kingship strongly. But we don't. Why don't we? Because we don't have that physical tower that has the receptor on it, I don't know what they call it, an antenna to be able to pick up the divine signal of God's kingship and release that Wi-Fi into the physical world. The angels have a signal and therefore they're complete, they're in a state of powerful submission to God because they're in the angelic realm, they're in in the heavens above. Down here that signal doesn't reach unless we construct a tower. And there's a few towers... One tower is the Beis HaMikdash. When you have the Beis HaMikdash, you have a physical aron, you have a physical um, 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 uh, ark with a luchos, and in there, there was a powerful divine presence which sent out vibrations across the world for Torah, for Ruach HaKodesh, for Tzadikim, for prophecy, and so on and so forth but not so much kingship. An awareness of God, but not so much the the, the reality, Hashem's majesty, that it should be felt in the four corners of the world. For that there is only one vessel, one container, that can serve as that antenna. And that is the human king of the Jewish people, who that king manifests in his neshama, God's God's kingdom, God's attribute of kingship. So when you're coming in presence, and it could be any Jewish king, but those Jewish kings were not just kings, they were representing Hashem's kingship, but only a very, 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 very weak signal even King Saul, Shaul HaMelech, when he was king, did not really, he was not the keli and the vessel to be able to, he didn't have the software downloaded into him, or maybe he didn't have the hardware wiring to be able to run the program inside of him. Let's put it that way. He didn't have the hardware to be able to run the program inside his soul that can, that can produce this signal. To its fullest extent. Why? Because Hashem chose one family, and that's the family of Yehuda. From Yehuda, Hashem Bochar Hashem chose b'David. Hashem chooses. It's a matter of choice, and it's coming from the deepest, innermost place in Hashem of Hashem that He chooses. That that's the signal, and it can only run in the descendants in Melch m'beis David. And then the Navi says it clearly shloi ki Hashem that Shlomo Amelech is not ruling and as God's appointment. It's not like it's a mistake that we make. We think that Shlomo Melech is the appointed from Hashem to be a king down here. But how do we see how do we bow down to Shlomo Melech? You're only allowed to bow to God. Okay, you'll say they didn't bow down as, as him being a deity, God forbid they were bow- but still how do you bow down to someone it's avodizarah it's idolatry and the answer is shlomo melech is not an entity that is chosen by hashem to be the king of the jewish people because the jewish people need a leader shlomo melech facilitates he's a channel in his nishama shines god's kingship hashem is present in his soul that dimension of God, God's power of Malchus, is illuminating powerfully in Shlomo Amelech's neshama. And as a result of that, Shlomo Amelech and of course King David, his father, radiates Hashem's kingship. There was never a time in Jewish history when Jews felt so much Hashem as a king, like in the days of David Amelech. That's why David HaMelech it says, Neum HaGever, the, the Navi says, who Hukam oil, he was the one who set up the yoke of heaven. Uloy Torah, The yoke that people should feel a certain pressure. God is your king and we are his subjects. Which is the dream of Hashem that we should all sense him powerfully, serve him. And that's our ultimate blessing, when we can truly serve God. With the deepest and greatest submission. For that we need a king. And it's only the, as we said, only from, from the descendants of David. This idea that I'm mentioning to you now, that the human king, descendant of David, captures Hashem's kingship inside of him. So it's obviously discussed and explained in the more esoteric parts of the Torah. But I'm going to share with you in a Benel. On this Pasuk, on the Pasuk that I just read to you from, Isaiah, from, from Hoshea. Darbar Benel in his peerish on this Pasuk, says like this He'iru that the, this verse is 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 alluding to a deep secret Tamim deyos, amongst the wonders of the of the one who is complete in his mind. The wonders of God. For who David de- the the, the 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 kingdom of David HaMalech is the neighbor. He says to God's to the house of Hashem, they're neighbors. Barmetzra means a the one who lives by the border. They're they're, they're bordering each other. Why? Yisrael and his kingdom amongst Israel, cleaves to God's kingship. Ba'amai amongst his people. U and therefore yachad beis Hashem beis HaMelech. HaMelech built at the same time God's house, the the, beis the temple, and the house of the king. Why did Shloma Melech in the same period of time build these two structures? And during the, 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 the destruction of Jerusalem, Nemar it says, they burnt down the house of God. When they destroyed it, they burned both of them together. In other words, when they were built, they were built together. And when they destroyed it, it was destroyed together. And when the tribes removed from their, from themselves, when? By the days of Rechavam, when they, when they, um, when they took off the yoke of King David, umalchus rechavam, the kingship of Rechavam, miyad, instantly, they became sinners as well. They rejected God. They took off the yoke of heaven and they started serving idols. Why not? They were planning to be religious Jews. Listen, this is very, very important. These guys were plan. these Jews were planning to be seriously religious. They just didn't like David Amalek. They said, why do we need a human king? We don't need him. Are oh, we going to have our own king? We like to rub up. They And they disconnected. You know what happened when they disconnected? Immediately, the Barbanel says, immediately they started serving idols. Why? They lost their Wi Fi. Suddenly they did not feel God. So, man, they were trying to be religious, they were trying to be observant and good, but they didn't have that internal feeling and then he says, "Take more." Second base on What was lacking in the second temple? They didn't have any more a king from the house of David. They had, for a period, they had the Chashmenoi after the story of Hanukkah, But these were from the family of the Levites. They were They were kahanim. They didn't have any more the Davidic dynasty. Since they did not have the kingdom of David Amalech, the Shekhina was not there in the temple. They had a temple. They had an ark. They, they didn't have the ark. They didn't have the, the auron. Because the shekhinah was not there. Why was the shekhinah not there? Because it goes hand in hand. When there's Malchus based David, the shekhinah, which is the shekhinah is Malchus, the attribute of kingship, dwells in David HaMelech's neshama, and he is his neshama through him. It's wi fi into all of us, into the world. So when Mashiach will come, they will return to God. There's David, Malcolm, they will return to King David, the David HaMelech. They will have to make a move towards Mashiach to accept Mashiach and to, submit, to, to, to be subservient to Mashiach. This is what he says. The two of them go together. These are the words of the Yabar Benel, and perhaps this is a little bit the source for the third Chabad Rebbe, the Tzemach Tzedek. The Tzemach Tzedek, in his Sefer, mitzvah minu'i melech, derech mitzvah secha, the Tzemach Tzedek, third Chabad Rebbe, writes that, um, why do you need to appoint a human king? Isn't God our king? Why do we need to appoint a human king? So he says, because Ha ma chavim bimino these words, the, the intention in appointing a king, usheboy, with this king, va al yodoy, and through this king, yiyah ha Yisroel la the Jewish people will be surrendered to God. Kikol Yisroel tsrichem liyos betalim la Because all the Jewish people need to be subservient to the king, vesarem la mashma and to listen to all of his commandments whatever he decrees. Good. So they're listening to a king. How are they going to be surrendered to God? Why? The king is the most surrendered to God than any human being. He feels God's kingship in such a powerful way that he's absolutely cancelled. He has no existence whatsoever. That's how powerfully a Jewish king and a king from David was sensed Hashem so strong that David says, like David says, shavisi If I'm not silent, I can't even open my mouth. That's how overwhelmed and over overtaken he was by God's ma- majesty. In David HaMelech's heart, his surrender to God was felt so deeply, to the point that even begashmius Achagam begashmius La Laharem enav he couldn't lift his eyes up. Davidameluch looked down, he was incapable of picking up his eyes. Because he felt the Shechina. he felt God's presence as a powerful king over him, but he couldn't bring himself to lift his eyes. That's how powerful his fear of God was. Ulahagbiy Aliboy to raise his heart to be something. Elohayakamoy bichinas the Melo felt like a stone in front of God. And in front of God meant his entire life. Like a stone. She'emoy tunu, he has V'za Vizah ikerbamelev, that's the main thing in a king. If the king has a tiny bit of ego, if he has a tiny bit of self, then he would be an idol. Then you would be bowing down to an idol. Then he would be a block. But he's not. He has absolutely zero. He is, he is the person that is completely transparent and egoless. Because he feels God. And there are other tzaddikim who also feel Hashem. But he feels Hashem as a king, as a ruler. As someone that must be obeyed more than anybody else. That's why David HaMelech is called David Avdi, my servant. He is the epitome of a servant. And through his neshama, we all plug in. All Jewish people plug into David HaMelech. And he makes them have yiras Hashem, fear of God. David Hamelech was a king who brought that kingship into the into the world. His descendants, but the ultimate descendant of, Moshe, of of David Hamelech, who is going to have that Wi-Fi projection of God's kingship in a way that it's going to reach all of humanity. It's going to bring such an awareness of God to every single human being across the world, in every continent, in Australia, New Zealand, in Africa. To the millions of people, all going across all races, all where people will simply feel God and feel their surrender, to do every day you wake up in the morning and feel that you're a servant of Hashem. What, is, what does God want of me? We will feel, feel tremendously good that God has enlisted us as being one of His servants, that we could contribute something to His majesty, to His beautiful empire. And but it's not only going to reach humans; it's even going to reach animals, as we know that the nature of animals are going to change out of fear of God. They won't have any more predatory nature because they will be afraid. That's not what God is allowing them. It will reach even even the inanimate. Umala aretz, the earth will be filled with awareness of God through who through the Wi Fi that's going to be channeled through Mashiach Neshama, the soul, the one who was anointed. That's Mashiach Ben David without this human being there is no redemption for the planet there is no there's no messianic there's no Mashiach era without Mashiach and for that we need that surrender that acceptance so who, how do we accept this? what does this mean? so in the passage it says in the end of days we're going to seek Mashiach so simply what does that mean? We're going to beg, and we're going to ask, Hashem, please send us Mashiach. We want this ruler. But we're going to soon see it's more than that. It's not just asking, davening for Mashiach, saying, we want Mashiach now. That's number one, goes without saying. That this year, Rosh Hashanah, such a crucial year, we have to put a little bit, a little bit, our own lives on the side. The truth is, Mashiach, if, when He's coming, and a HaShem let it be even before Rosh Hashanah, our lives will improve in every aspect way more than anything else you can do to ask God to improve your life. Anything that Hashem will give you, let's say you have the best Rosh Hashanah ever, you daven the best, and Hashem is going to give you like awesome amount of Parnassan, it still pales in terms of your own happiness and your own goodness and improvement of life that's going to happen when Mashiach comes. It's going to be an upgrade for everybody exponentially more than anything you can get in in our own. So therefore it's just a crucial year like this, we all should put in all our efforts to daven and we shouldn't think, who am I, little peep squeak? Because a king needs, he needs subjects. And when you say he needs subjects, it means he needs the masses. He needs thousands of people to, to say, you are my king and I'm your servant. So, number one, and to pray. So, number one, we're davening Tashem ta to bring Mashiach. That's number one. That goes without saying. But there's something else. And this is where this is the crucial point of what I want to say today. What I think is unique this Rosh Hashanah, and we should make an effort. And I think this can be a game changer, Mamisha a game changer. Every year Rosh Hashanah, when we stand with the shofar and those crucial moments, the main kavanah needs to be when we blow with the shofar, is we're asking Hashem to become a king over the world, to accept our coronation. Repsadi Goyen, the great Jewish scholar and sage who writes the reasons of a mitzvah, So he writes regarding shofar. He says there's 10 reasons for shofar. One of them is repentance. It's different remembering the giving of the Torah and all kind of remembering the, 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 the Kedas Yitzchak, the binding of Yitzchak of Isaac and so on and so forth. But his first and primary reason for blowing the shofar is because when they would coronate a king, they would sound the trumpets. So this is our way. Basically, you're, you're declaring God's kingship. And we have to realize like this, for thousands of years we've been declaring God's kingship on the world, but it never, ever, ever was complete. Why? Because it never took on a human it it was never captured in a human body. It was. Can't say it was never. It was captured during the time of King David. It was captured during the time of Shloma Melech for those two generations. That's it. That it was really manifest. That you had Hashem ruling. See, when Davida Melech issued a decree, it wasn't him. He's talking as an agent, as, not even an agent, as a mouthpiece. Hashem's speaking through him. The commandments are God's commandments coming through Davida Melech and through Shlomo Melech. He's just a physical. It's like when I'm speaking through the microphone. How much is it the microphone talking? Microphone isn't talking. It's me talking through the microphone. David Melech is that microphone, the amplifier of God's kingship. It's God's kingship through his neshama. That's what we have to realize. In our minds, it's hard to see that because we're worried, oh, he's a human being. No, no, no. He is nullified. He's not there. He's like a clean glass. Clean, clean glass. There's no, there's no, there's no, not even a tiny trace when you're looking through a very clean, you have a story where you go through a clean glass? Everybody has that once. When you feel like the biggest idiot in the world? When you're like by a very, by your hotel that cleans their glass a little too too, too too clean? And then you smash your nose and like boom! You know, you know what the feeling is that you won't ever you go through a glass? That's, king, that's, 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 that's the malchus based of it, clean, clean glass. There's no self there. There's only malchus, only Hashem's kingship coming through him. But, as we said earlier, Since the world was not ready yet, the world was not ready yet, we didn't yet do thousands of years of Torah mitzvahs, we didn't yet polish the universe, we didn't yet refine the world. So Davon Melech and Shlomo Melech's ability to capture God's kingship and project that signal across the planet was limited. It wasn't to its fullest. If you can say, take a dial from 1 to 10, it maybe was at a 2 or at a 3, maybe at a 4. The one time the signal is going to be at its full strength is going to be once Mashiach, through Melech HaMashiach. And in Mashiach itself, as time will pass after Mashiach, it will only get stronger and stronger and stronger. We'll We'll have to acclimate ourselves to the intensity of it. It's going to get stronger and stronger. until, At a certain point, we will be like angels in terms of our consciousness of God. And then we will even, super, we will even surpass angels in terms of our awareness and, and, and connection and so on and so forth. But that will happen. It never happened. That's why it says that Hashem never really rejoiced yet. In His key. Hashem didn't have yet really one happy day since He created the world. The Sholoh HaKadosh writes... The words, Yismach Hashem of Hashem will rejoice in His in his world. The shla says that the word Yismach is the same letters as Moshiach. And the shla says that until Moshiach comes, God did not yet have any satisfaction from His world. Yismach Hashem, Hashem will rejoice. But Hashem did not have yet one day of happiness since He created the world. We've had good days, we've had better days. God, for Him, the creation did not yet was not yet fulfilled, did not give him fulfillment even one day. Because Mashiach is not here. It's all dependent, it's all waiting for that day of Yisma Hashem B'mayaz. So here's the thing. When we will draw down God, this Rosh Hashanah, and we're drawing his energy down, we're saying, God, we cannot leave his kingship detached from its physical vessel. Now let me explain something. Moshiach Tzidkenu himself is a human being. He's a human being. Who's a tzaddik. And who's a very big tzaddik. And according to Rambam, halacha, he influences the world in a big way before Moshiach comes. He's been influenced. He gets the Jewish people to do tshuva. He fights the wars. He fights the battles for the Jewish people, for Jewish causes, for what's really important, to protect, to save the Jewish people. He does a lot and he has huge influence. And he has, and the refers to him before the coming of Mashiach as already a king. So he has thousands of followers who adore him, who love him, who, who will do anything for him. They'll give their lives for him. They're, they're, because they feel him as a king. Fine. But since it's not yet the moment of the actual G'ulah of the redemption, he maybe has an infinitesimal bit of that of that power, of that kingship flowing through Him. We sense a little bit of it because He's prepared for it. But He doesn't... It's only on that faithful Rosh Hashanah that we're waiting for when there's going to be that download. You're talking about the download. The ultimate download. God is going to download His kingship into this world and attach it. That's what I'm talking about. The whole shir tonight is about one word. It needs to be attached It needs to peer up. You have a peer your car? You go inside to a car and you peer your YouTube, your Bluetooth. It has to peer with the car and then your your phone and the car speaker are one. You're talking on the phone and your, your whole car talks to you because your phone peered. Here's the idea. We need Hashem's kingship, this Rosh Hashanah, to peer up with the person, the Kaylee, with the vessel, so it actually takes hold in this physical world and it does not remain any more abstract in the spiritual worlds. The whole purpose is this peering, this final connection. And everything will change when that will happen. It's that final peering that has to happen. Can't, now? What, so what do we have to do? our submission cannot be just an abstract submission to an invisible God. Of course, it's it's, it's to the Abish, it's invisible. But it has to be a submission relating and begging, first of all, pleading to Hashem, please channel your light already to Melech HaMoshiach. If I can say, if we can't do this last and final thing, then everything we've done till now is wasted. It's zero! Imagine, comp- imagine they building a, 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 a space shuttle. They're building a space shuttle. Okay, now imagine what goes into building a space shuttle. Mill- hundreds of millions of dollars. and the, the, And all the people that are involved in the planning from the first from the scientists who, who first, the engineers and scientists who are creating the, uh, the what do you call it, the design of it. The, uh, and all, And all the parts that need to be made, factories are built just to make these parts and make this whole. P-p-p-p-p. What goes through in order to produce this is unbelievable. And it's put together and you have so much work and research, so laboratories and people are working and studying and they're down to every minute, minute detail of detail of detail of detail. But what's the point of the whole thing? The point of it is the day of the launch. And this is the first time they're testing it. You realize you're talking about maybe $3 billion was invested in this project and now they're standing over there and everybody's waiting in in, uh, Cape, uh, what is it called there in in, in Florida, what is... uh, where, where does the spaceship go from? Cape, um, huh? Cape Kennedy, okay. That's where it's going and they're all sitting there and all NASA and they start the countdown. 10, 9, 8. Something needs to be pushed. I don't know. Today it's probably all automated. But it's like, I mean, someone has to trigger. Someone has to trigger that last and final button which will take all this investment and everything that was done and, 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 and activate it. At that moment, everything is activated. And when it's activated, kaboom! And if we can't push that last switch, turn it on, push the button, or the astronaut who's in charge of the, needs to pull the, the thing for the blast off. If he doesn't do that, then everything was wasted. What did you do? Nothing. We are now holding, because here's the thing, all the Torah and the mitzvahs that we've done is to prepare the world... To be able to receive this Wi-Fi, which is through funneled through Mashiach Tziddin, so this is crucial. But there is another point over here, and that is at the the, the, the Let's go back to, to the Navi when it says U they're going to seek out God. There's David Malcolm and David, their king. So it doesn't only mean they're going to request Hashem, oh please send Moshiach, send Moshiach. There are Mitzudai says v'gam yevakshu The people are going to ask Moshiach, habo David, who comes from the descendants of David, and from him They will request their petition. In other words, they will ask Moshiach be our king who Yimshal behem, that he should be their king. They don't want anybody else, they want their melech. So it seems like there needs to be part of this process because we're coronating him. He, as a representative of God's kingship, there is going to be a coronation of Mashiach Tzatkainu. Rosh Hashanah is when we're coronating God and the Mashiach, Mashiach as a king. Is subser is submerged? Mashiach's kingdom is it's one malchus. So the Lubavitcher Rebbe says in Tavshinun Beis, Era of Rosh Hashanah, the last day, the last time the Rebbe spoke to the Jewish people and to the Jewish world before the Rebbe couldn't speak anymore that year and he had a stroke. So in that era of Rosh Hashanah, the Rebbe says over here. That um, he says, that on Rosh Hashanah is the, he says, oh, look, let me read the verse. What's the connection of the Yom Adin of Rosh Hashanah with the Geula? Is into Geshtrachin is emphasized. In Das Vos per is the Avodah and Kabbalas Malchusa Yizbarach. On Rosh Hashanah is the time when we have to accept Hashem as a King. To, why? To fulfill God's request. Make me your king. Which Hashem's kingdom, and this is where the whole source of what I'm telling you is farbunden, is connected. That's what the Barbanel says. The Barbanel says that the malchus of Hashem and the malchus of Mashiach are connected. Remember what the Baruch says. That's why their palaces are side by side. That's why they were built at the same time. That's why when one was destroyed, the other was destroyed. They go hand in hand. But now he adds another word. That he adds the Hasidic word, which is that that the Hashem's Malchus is not only connected as vert nizgale bishleimusay. Hashem's kingship. Becomes fully revealed and manifest through David Hamelech. When he say David, he says David Malka Mashiach, meaning Mashiach Tzitkeinu, who's called David Malka Mashiach because he's a. Because he is, what is he all about? He is the attribute of God's kingship in a physical body. And the Rebbe makes a footnote to this Sefer, which I told you from his great-grandfather, which is, this, which is which where he says that Moshiach is the funnel, not Moshiach, that the king of David is the funnel for the Eberster's kingship. That means that what? That part of our Avodah, Moshi is to crown Moshiach as a king. To, you're crowning Hashem as a king. But together with the coronation of Hashem, as part of that one coronation, is submitting ourselves to Melech HaMashiach and crowning Mashiach as a king. So, problem is, everybody says, that what? So give me Mashiach, we'll crown him. Give me Mashiach, we'll crown him. We can't crown him until Mashiach comes riding in on a donkey. Like Yankee Doodle, Ron comes to town riding on a, right? So we're waiting for Mashiach to come riding into town. Okay. I want to say to everybody in your imagination, find your Mashiach and crown him. If your imagination of Mashiach is, because you didn't learn Hilchis Malachim and Rambam. And you didn't hear about the Balshemtev, what the Balshemtev said, the Mashiach said to the Mashiach the spreading of Pnimi Sator and Chasidus. That's the Giyula. And you didn't learn all these things, and you're waiting for the fairy tale Mashiach, which is a guy with sandals, with a big turban, without socks. He has to be without socks. Tall, long beard, shining face, coming with a turban and a long gown, a robe. You're waiting for that. hate. Wait and continue to wait. I personally feel that I can trust the one Sadiq who d- fits the entire list of the Rambam, which the Rambam had said, a Yamoid Melech, a leader that people are subservient to, who will reach the Jewish people and bring them to Yiddishkai, to Torah and to Mitzvahs. He's someone who studies Torah day and night, as the Rambam says, a master of the revealed part of the Torah and the hidden part of the Torah. The most influential rabbi in the, last, in the last decade, in the last hundred years. A prophet, Ba'ruach HaKodesh, who saw everything and knew everything. Who said in 1990 and 1991 that Mashiach is already revealed in this world. He's already revealed. He's already pr- present. And all that we need is to be receive him and to accept him. His malchus. So I, in my mind... Know who I need to accept. I am saying to people, and I know this is controversial. But why are you saying? It's okay, not being controversial and sit everybody. As long as you enjoy sushi and you enjoy uh, 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 um, um, uh, pastrami burgers. And the fact that we have another joint and another good falafel and another good shawarma and you're happy in LA or you're happy in Chicago or wherever it is that you list as long as you can have your kosher vacations and your cruises and enjoy life and everything is good, wonderful, I'm not going to argue with you. But if you want the giulah, something needs to be done. And Wolf is not afraid to say that I know who he is. Because he said so, I'm not going to argue with it. And he fits more than any person ever. And the Rebbe himself said that Chassidim say Yechi HaMelech because the Gemara says the Gemara says that the Moshiach says to God God says to Moshiach let me read you the Gemara the Gemara says because people will argue and say the Moshiach that you're talking about passed away 20 so years ago so get it out of your head stop already with your stupidity I know people will say that and if you're saying, this yes, is Christianity, because Christians don't leave the second coming. So let me tell you. So the Gemara says in Massech the Sukkah. desukam, Tanur Rabban under Rabbanan said, Moshiach ben David, Sha'asad lihi golois. Moshiach that is going to be revealed, bimehera b'yameinu, speedily nowadays, Oymr loyakadish baruchu, the Ebershta says to him, Sha'al mani dovor, ask for me something the eten lech, and I will give it to you. Sheneh says in the Pesach, Ani today I give birth to you. The Ebersheta says to Mashiach, Ani Hayom today I give birth to you. Sha'omi many, ask for me anything. Now by the way, I spoke last week, that in Hasidism, invented the birthday. Now, the whole share last week was all about, Hasidic life brought the birthday to the world. Okay? So we, that's a it's the Balshamta's birthday, the Balatanya's birthday. It's Kevaldik. Then we say today I gave birth to you. And this is talking about the birth of Moshiach. Those who say Ramazim, I'm not the one who was this. I thought of it myself, but then I found that that some someone who had already this uh, this epiphany. The word Ani is the Rebbe's birthday. Because it stands for Yud Aleph Nisan. That's the day of the Rebbe's birthday. That's the day that I've given birth to you. That's the Rebbe's birthday. So the Abishter says to Mashiach Tzitkeinu, ask for me anything. The Kivan Shara Mashiach Ben Yosef Shenaharag, when Mashiach Ben David sees that his buddy, Mashiach Ben Yosef, died, Omer Lofanov, he says to the Abishter, Reboyne Shaloylo. All I want from you is life. Give me life. I just want to live. You're asking for life? This, your, your grandfather begged already, already prophesized that you're going to need life. It was already given to you. What's the idea behind it? Hasidus explains that Malchus Mashiach and his kingship doesn't have life. They need to receive life. David HaMelech was gifted life from Odom HaRishon, and Moshiach receives life from God Almighty Himself. But it says an interesting thing Says over here. It says that Moshiach ben Yosef died, and Moshiach ben David sees that Moshiach ben Yosef died. He's begging and he's asking. So people already wonder, who is this Moshiach ben Yosef figure? It's a very interesting figure. The Rambam doesn't talk about Moshiach ben Yosef at all. When the Rambam codifies in Allochah, the Rambam doesn't mention at all oh, Mashiach ben Yosef. There's so much spoken about a Mashiach. Two characters. One of them is supposed to fight the wars, and one of them is supposed to. So I once saw an explanation. It's a fascinating explanation that the Rambam talks about two periods in Mashiach. One of them is called Cheskas Mashiach, the first initial period of Mashiach, when Mashiach has the Chazaka of Mashiach. He's the assumed Mashiach but he's not yet fully Mashiach. And then once he builds the base, he becomes Mashiach Vadai. He becomes definitely Mashiach. So there is an assumed Mashiach, and there is definite Mashiach. So this person and this Sefer made a phenomenal explanation, and he brings many, many sources. It's not the source for, today, to me, for me to discuss this. That, that Mashiach ben Yosef and Mashiach ben David is the same person. But it's two periods in his life. The period of time, because that's why the Rambam is when the rammam because rammam came up with a new with a new character that you don't find anywhere. The Gemara never mentioned such a concept called Cheskas Mashiach. The Gemara talks about two Mashiach's, Mashiach Ben Yosef and Mashiach Ben David. The Rammam talks about one Mashiach, but he comes up with a new concept that doesn't exist anybody before the Rammam. This idea that someone has Chazaka of Mashiach, but he's not yet. We can assume he is, but he hasn't yet fully manifested. So by the way, in 1990, hundreds of Rabbanim pask in the p'sak Halacha, that the Rebbe, the Lubavitcher Rebbe, has the Simanim, fulfilled all the criteria for becheskas Mashiach. And they didn't just say it because the Chesidim want to be, you know, do weird stuff. They presented this to the Rebbe. And they had serious Rabbis, like Rapinchas Hirschbrung, Rebbe Mordechai Eliyahu, Rebbe Vady Yosef is on that psak halacha. There were many, 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 uh, no, sorry, Rebbe Vady Yosef gave a Haskama for the Sefer Yechinoah. I made a mistake. Rebbe Yosef was not on the Haskama, but Rebbe Mordechai Eliyahu was on the Haskama. Man, I mean, I'm not going to go through all the rabbis that were there, but there were some serious, serious Rabbanim that were on this psak halacha. And when they gave this to the Rebbe, the Rebbe was very, very, very elated, thanked them very, very much, and the Rebbe spoke about it later the Rebbe says that because this Pesach Halacha was given, so this and this already had an impact on the world, and that's why Mashiach is already now able to start doing his work in this world in a manner in which he's changing the world. He's already dominating over nations. The Rebbe then spoke that the nuclear pact between Russia and the United States is a result of Mashiach impacting them in this physical world. So the Rebbe definitely accepted it. But in that P'sak Halacha of, of on that concept, he writes that Moshiach ben ben Yosef is is what the Rambam kind of this character Moshiach ben Yosef is Moshiach ben David when he is in his early stages of Cheskas Moshiach, and then obviously he, it means that Moshiach is also a descendant from Yosef. It's the same person who is a descendant. Cheskas Moshiach means he's in the assumed Moshiach; he's not yet he hasn't yet fully proven the final stage, the final completion of it, and then there is Mashiach Vada so based on that it's possible to say that this, what the Gemara is talking about that Moshiach needs Chayim, he needs life, and he's asking God for life, and he says to Hashem, look when he sees Mashiach ben Yosef passes away, so he says to Hashem I'm asking for you for life is actually a period that we're in right now, where the, the, the avoid of Mashiach continues in the world. Everything the Rebbe did to bring thousands of Jews back to Yiddishkeit, to start you. And the work is getting stronger and more powerful and stronger. And, and you see in the world, everything... I mean, I once spoke about this in the class that I gave called the Lababach Rebbe Uncensored. You can look at it on YouTube where I brought all the sources where the Rebbe himself speaks about it. And then in the class that we spoke about called Opening Our Eyes, over there, I also discussed where you see that today's days, all these powerful changes that are happening, that are, indi- that are in- indicating the messianic process, for some way or another, it's always connecting to the Rebbe. So it's possible that Moshiach's request for Chaim for life is actually the period that we're in right now. And the Rebbe says in a, in a talk that he gave in Tavshin Memches, I'm, like, and I'm not saying anything of my own over here, the Rebbe there says that the king needs to receive life, it says the king is compared to the heart. And the heart, the power of the heart, is that it pumps life to all the organs. It pumps life to all the limbs. It enlivens the limbs. It pumps life to all the limbs. But the limbs enliven the heart as well. The limbs have to send the heart the life blood, the life juice back. They have to send the, the, the blood, the juice of life, the life... Um, uh, to, back to the heart, because the heart can only live if, it's, if, it's, if, if there is the back and forth, the limbs and the heart are working in a perfect synchronization. So the Rebbe says, and, and the Rebbe says, as much as a regular king needs it, Moshiach needs it more than anybody else. Why? Because he says, who's Moshiach? Mashiach is the deepest point of every Jew. The pinta leyid, the deepest inner point of every Jew, the yichidah shebenishama, the essence of the soul. That's Mashiach. Mashiach has Mashiach is the is the is the that all, all, the, all the, he's the essence of Israel, essence of the Jewish people, and therefore the essence of every nishama is an is one with his essence. So if you think about the Jewish world, and you think about who is the person. Who hath touched and reached the essence of more Jews in all of history. It's only the Rebbe. Think about it. Millions of Jews, thousands of Jews put on tefillin every day because of the Rebbe. Thousands of I mean, across, who else wakens Jews, reaches, cares about every Jew across the planet? No one. No one took responsibility. So the Rebbe says that what? That the, 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 the king needs the people what do they do for him? They give him life. And how do they give him life? Their declaration, when they say, Yechi HaMelech, long live the king, that gives him life. Their acceptance, Yechi HaMelech, long live the king. My suggestion, and now I'm concluding, this Rosh Hashanah is as follows. If you're not up to, if you're not on the same page like me, I don't have any complaints. Chas Fashem. Everybody, I know I'm saying radical stuff. But it's radical times. So I'm going to say radical things. But, if you're not, it's okay. It doesn't mean that you have to dismiss everything I said. If you can daven with your full heart this, this Rosh Hashanah, Hashem, have Rahmanis already, bring Mashiach, number one. Number two, when you're accepting the kingship of, of the Ebershter and Rosh Hashanah during Tkiah Shafer, accept the kingship of Mashiach, whoever it is if that's as far as you're comfortable. Whoever it is, Eberster, you say, I'm worried this wolf is saying extreme things. I don't know about him. He's, he's a little bit of a weirdo. But you know what? I'm just accepting. I'm waiting for the guy, the sockless guy coming from the sky. I want to see him. Okay? If it's going to be the Lubavitcher, okay, I'm willing to go along. If you're one of the thousand, thousands, and hundreds of thousands of people who know in the deeps of their hearts that it can only be one tzaddik, who can actually and was actually defending the Jewish people in every aspect regarding the Shlemus of Eretz Yisrael, regarding protecting Israel from assimilation, regarding the the, the one voice that fought in everything for the Jewish people, that cared about every Jew, that his his name is the only name that's mentioned in the Senate and in the White House and in the Congress and across countries and kings across the world. The Moroccan king has his picture and this ruler of, of, someone told me, carries his picture in his wallet and people across the world know who he is and across Eretz Yisrael and every taxi you'll see his picture and everywhere across everybody knows who the Rebbe is a person whose miracles don't stop across everywhere so if you're like me who believe that so then this Rosh Hashanah do one or two things right before King Shafer. if your community and place is comfortable with it say Yechi HaMelech, long live the King you can say the whole, the whole phrase, the taboo statement that everybody's so scared. Because it's the holiest statement, everybody's terrified to say, the They're all scared to say it. Okay, you can't say it. Say, And have a mind, give life. Let's give life to the Melech. Let's give life. We are giving him life. On our Shoshan, we need to create Adam Arishan. Adam is Mashiach. Imagine God standing and breathing life into Adam. That's Melech HaMashiach, and we need to channel that life from the deepest part of our soul. At that moment, there's no monkey business. I wouldn't be speaking this over here if I didn't believe this in one thousand percent. I'm not trying to be cool or, or try to make a man. It's the last thing I'm looking for. I'm saying this because this is it. How many people do we need? We, can have a, we should have all the Jewish people. Am I, is everybody going to join in this campaign before we have? I can tell you no. <laughs> but a substantial amount of Yidn will hear my, 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 my idea and have it in mind. Think it deep in your heart, deep in your soul. I want to give life and I want to submit myself to Melech HaMashiach. And I want to conclude with one thing. We know that the the Eibishter has given us a window now. In addition to this being the most awesome year, Tavshin Pei, Shnas Pidisenu, the number eight, like we're ready for the miracles to happen. Everything is ready. Everything, the stage is set. One last thing, the government in Israel is has, has been built and keeps on falling down. It's built, and keeps on falling. Every single, I mentioned last week, what Rabbi Yosei ben Kismas says, that a gate is going to be built, it's going to fall, it's going to be built, it's going to fall. They can put together a government. And the reason is, because it's time, for Mashiach to be the king in Israel, and no more malchus, no more secular government, no more is only one answer, and that's Mashiach Tzadkenu. It's right before Rosh Hashanah. They are in a quagmire. They cannot put together a government. They tried two times, and this one is going to fail as well. It's not happening. It's going to fall apart. Why? Because now is the window for Mashiach to be take over, And it's our opportunity. It's our opportunity to do it. And so let's do it. This Rosh Hashanah, and I mean it not as a not as a, I mean it with the full sincerity. This Rosh Hashanah vote Moshiach. You are casting your ballot. Vote Moshiach to be the Melech. And again, if you can't handle what I spoke in the last 15 minutes that I'm designating a human being and saying this is him, okay. Again, when I'm saying that, the reason why I feel comfortable saying it is because. If you listen, you can say, you know, oh, well, well, this wolf is one of those crazies. I want to say one thing. Listen, don't judge me until you listen to the class called the Rebbe Uncensored, because in that class, I brought all the sources from what the Rebbe himself said. So I can say one thing. I'm a chassid of the Rebbe, and therefore I feel perfectly fine saying what he said. So in that, in those talks, I laid it out very clearly. And uh, the only question people have, again, is this problem, what happened in Gimel Tamos, the, 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 the concealment of the Rebbe, the, the, the darkness that we're in. Believe me, it pains me, it hurts me, it heats us all. It's, it's not, completely not understandable, but I guess this is the last test before Mashiach comes. Now is the chance for us to make a difference. Let us all... I, and again, this is something you do in your heart of hearts. It's not something that, if you're uncomfortable expressing, to express but deep in your heart, pray for Mashiach Tzadkeno, submit yourself to his kingship, and ask the Kuloi, as we say, and let it be, as we say in the davening over there, um, uh, Simcha utsmichas keren avdecha. let the light of Mashiach sprout forth with all of its intensity and with all of its glory, and may it be already now, now, and now. Amen. Amen. Yo, ay, 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 na, 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 na. na na, na, na. Oh, ye, mama. ay, 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 na, ay, na, na. Oh uh-huh.